The following podcast is produced or sponsored by a community member. The content, views, and opinions expressed are those of the participants and do not reflect those of BMC or the town of Belmont. BMC welcomes your comments. Call us at 617-484-2443 or email us at access at belmontmedia.org. Hello again, and a welcome to another season of the TOST Toddcast with Coach Q right here on the Belmont Media Podcast Network and also simulcasting, as you can very well see, on BMC channels 8, 9, 28, or 29. I guess that would be you can see if you're actually watching us on the simulcast. <laughs> on uh, social media, you can become a Facebook fan of our show by searching Timeout for Sports Talk. Find us on Twitter at TOSTBMC and find the Coach Q underscore Coach. We have IDs to show all that, and there we are. Oh, there we go. And a reminder to all of our listeners and viewers that these are interactive shows. We welcome your participation. So if you have any questions for the coach, we did not get any last year. We are no. hoping we can remedy that. Uh, there is the hashtag at the bottom of your screen, uh, Qs4Q. Again, that Twitter hashtag is QSFORQ, questions for Q, Qs for Q. And with all that housekeeping out of the way, Again, uh, as we uh, as you see on the ID, but you may not be if you're listening to us, I am Todd Bloniars from the award-winning Time Out for Sports Talk monthly television show, and very glad to be starting our fourth season of Conversations uh. with Belmont High Head Football Coach Ian Cuman. Coach, how are you? Good. It's good to be back. It's good to be back. I can't believe this is the fourth year doing this and uh, the sixth year for me of uh, taking the helm at the, of the Belmont Marauder football program, so it's a... Uh, it's crazy how time how time flies. That's for sure. Yeah, that definitely. It certainly has flown right into a, where did the summer go? Is my question because we're already here, we're getting ready Fact. for football season, and uh, so uh, you you've had kind of an eventful uh, spring and summer. So why don't we uh, catch uh, the folks, uh, the listeners, and viewers uh, up on uh, on you and uh, yeah. how how you're doing? Uh, really, I mean, um, I'm doing I'm doing well. Um, you know, it was a it was a really eventful. Like you said, it was an eventful uh, spring and summer. Um, I I noticed a, a lymph node that didn't go down after a bout with strep throat in February. Um, that got me to the doctors in about late April and May. Um, you know, and then it start kind of started the cascading waterfall of diagnostic tests. You know, ultrasounds and CTs, multiple biopsies, ultrasound guided biopsies, PET CTs, and all of that. Um, you know, the PET CT revealed that the mass was suspicious and, and my ENT, my surgical ENT oncologist wanted to go in and get it. So he did. And it was about a five and a half hour surgery, um, at Mass Eye and Ear on, uh, June 26th. Um, and the pathology from that while I was on the table revealed that it was uh, squamous cell carcinoma, um, and, that led the doctors to take uh, the lymph node that had the tumor in it, um, 63 additional lymph nodes down the side of my neck in a full neck dissection, and then he went down with what they call the Da Vinci robot. Um, it's not as pleasant as it sounds, and took my uh, and took my tonsils <clears throat> in a in a what they call a tors, a robotic tonsillectomy, um, and that was yeah that was at the end of June. Um, about a week, ten days after that, we got the 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 good news that it was the surgical uh, the surgical remedy was successful. Uh, the margins were small but clear, um, and 
and that it was stage one uh, squamous that it started in my tonsils and moved over to one of my lymph nodes that, that was actually pretty big. It was five centimeters in diameter when they took it. Um, and the size of that lymph node led the, the Mass General Oncology team to recommend a course of radiation treatment to ensure that my recurrence percentage drops significantly to about 5%. Um, so the prognosis is good. And uh, right now I'm, you know, 10, 10 treatments through a 30 treatment course. I go down to the good folks at Mass General Radiation Oncology five times a week, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday for about a 15, 20 minute treatment. Um, and September 16th will be my last one, but who's counting? So that's where we're at. Wow, so you're a third of the way through your, your treatments One right third now. as of Friday, absolutely. And this is not uh, a, a chemotherapy kind of, this is a different sort of treatment. No. Is it because they caught it early? Yeah, or, I, was, uh, I was actually lucky. I mean, there were a lot of possible prognoses here, you know. So like going into surgery, we really didn't know um, what was going to be on the back end. <laughs> You know, we needed the full pathology from surgery to come back. I've learned a lot about cancer, uh, obviously, in the last month and a half or two months. Um, I was really lucky. They were able to find the primary node on my tonsils. That was a big deal, right? They had to find the place where the cancer started. If they didn't find that, it could regenerate itself. Um, that would have, if they hadn't found that, that would have led to both radiation and chemo. Um, if the tumor had left the lymph node, that it was in. So if any of the other 63 lymph nodes that they pulled were cancerous, um, I would have had to have chemo, but it didn't become, as they say, extra nodal. Um, so, and my margins were clear. And so as a result of those three things, the doctors uh, recommended, the tumor board recommended that radiation would be sufficient. Um, so I'm really lucky in that regard, because uh, obviously, Radiation is no fun, but chemo is significantly less fun than that, and um, <clears throat> that probably would have would have nixed me for the season. Well, I, I guess then to answer or to ask my you kind of answer my next question would be uh, how this does affect your coaching for the upcoming season, and obviously it sounds like it's not going to that you're going to be right there on the sidelines like you normally are. Yeah, um, as of right now, the the effect has been, you know, the effect. <laughs> The effect on me as a person is profound. Um, I was talking with somebody the other day, and the person who went into this process is not the same person who came out of it. Um, I'm supremely grateful uh, for just getting the opportunity to walk down the street. You know, it wasn't a foregone conclusion as we were going through this process that that was something I was going to be able to do, you know. Um, so little things for me have become really big things. And I, I said to somebody the other day, and they'll scoff at this because I, I, I I'm a, can be an angry person at times. Um, I haven't really gotten viscerally angry since this happened. Um, I just don't see the point, you know. And I'm just so thankful for the opportunity to go out there and get to do what it is that I love to do. Um, one of my great fears was not was not being able to coach. Um, I was absolutely terrified that I was going to have to step away. Um, you know, uh, as scared of that as I think as I was of 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 the darkness. You know that that you're forced to confront when a doctor looks at you and tells you you have cancer. You know, there's no way around it. You gotta you gotta take a look at the possibilities that come with that. 
there's no running from it, you know? And uh, I'm a big believer of the notion that, that courage is not the absence of fear, you know? It's accepting your fear and walking into it, you know? And, and I was terrified. Um, I'm terrified now, you know? <laughs> and knowing that, I think is honestly, I, I hope is going to make me a better coach, you know, is going to make me a better football coach, um, to have the kind of capacity to appreciate even more than I already did what it is that I get to do and call work. You know, um, there's a lot of therapeutic aspects, uh, to ball. It's always been that way for me in, in the entirety of my life in football, none more so than, than now, you know, um, so I, I get my football treatment, you know, in the morning <laughs> and then I get my radiation treatment uh, in the afternoon. And in terms of, yeah, in terms of attitude, I think it's a real positive. But you did sort of allude to the fact that it, it sounds like it may change a little bit in the way that you coach. And again, I've never actually seen you run a practice or anything. So <laughs> I, mean, I don't know, you know, this, you're talking about getting viscerally angry and, and yeah. you haven't been since. So, I mean, doesn't that some way kind of change the way you coach and i'm not saying that's a bad thing necessarily no. but you know does it work adversely as far as maybe the results you're going to get uh from your, I, your players i, I don't I, think you know. so i think I, and i don't want to you know i think that as i've gotten as i've gotten older and as i've done this job more and more you know my coaching demeanor has changed you know, if you saw me in my late 20s at Malden Catholic going into Stoneham, you know, 26, 27, 28, 29, I was a madman, you know, high stepping down the sidelines after, you know, big interceptions or fumble recoveries and, and just uber demonstrative. Um, I actually got told by my AD at Stoneham, he sat me down and he said, you got to fix this because nobody's going to hire you if this is who you are you know, um, as a head coach. And, and he was right. It was a great lesson to learn. So I've, I've gotten kind of progressively more adult as I've grown. Um, but I, I don't think anybody who's played for me would say I'm not an intense person on the football field. And, um, you don't need loudness, you know, or, or anger, to be an intense person and to get results from the guys who work for you. I like to think that um, we use a different weapon, um, which is the weapon of vulnerability. You know, I'm not afraid to, to let my guys see where I'm at. You know, um, on Friday we had our first day and we were rallying up at the end of, <clears throat> at the end of team building. And I was literally going from there to the truck to go down to MGH and get treatment, you know? And I, I, I said, I'm, you know, you guys gave me the, you guys gave me the juice that I needed to go down to MGH and get this treatment today, man. And I, I told him, I was like, you guys can't see me because I got my mirrored sunglasses on. But, you know, I got tears in my eyes right now. And, and I'm not afraid to let my guys see me like that. We talk about family. We talk about picking each other up. We talk about supporting one another. We talk about unconditional love, man. And, and, and all of that stuff to me is so hugely important. So I would be hypocritical, you know, if I said that that was the cornerstone of our program. And then what? Didn't want my guys to see me cry because I'm 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 juiced up that they gave me the emotional strength that I need to go get my cancer treated. I mean that's 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 ridiculous. Toughness comes in many forms. So, you know, my first day out, I I I was excited. So I 
was yelling and bouncing around. I, I went a little too hard, you know, <laughs> and uh, I woke up on Saturday and my neck didn't feel great. My throat didn't feel great. And I was super tired. And I said, okay, well, you got to calm it down a little bit, Q. And my assistants, old and new, are doing a great job of kind of picking up that emotional slack um, and reminding me <laughs> to not you know let somebody else yell the next period you know offensive line going to coach silva wide receivers going here quarterbacks are running back you let somebody else do that coach you know because um that's the stuff that hurts and uh and yeah i just got to be real careful and listen to my body and stay hydrated the treatment makes me super dehydrated um so i have like a bottle of water everywhere i go try to get into the shade as much as I can, which is hard to do on Harris. I'm wearing a big bucket safari hat, which has never been my style. Um, it's not yeah. my swag. You know, I'm right. a backward baseball cap guy. And, <laughs> so it feels kind of weird trotting out yeah. there. I don't, you know, like getting used to it and cord keeps hitting me on the back of the neck and stuff mm-hmm. like that. But, um, you know, if my biggest problem getting to go out there and coach is the fact that I have to wear this, you know, Coach Silva's safari hat that he washed and lent me, um, I got uptown problems, Todd, and mm. those really aren't problems yeah. at all. No, no, I, I guess I, I guess they're not. Well, certainly, you know, we expect and we uh, want you to keep staying uh, hydrated, especially because I'm hearing, uh, you know, the humidity is going to be uh, creeping back up during yeah. the upcoming week. Of we were lucky for the first so. two days, right? It was really nice yeah. out the last two days. You know, 75, 80 degrees. You know, 75 degrees and low humidity. It was really good. So obviously, next few days we'll be on heat watch and all that stuff so I do want to get to the practices but before we do really quick I just wanted to kind of go back to uh, you know obviously uh, talking about the cancer and first of all mm-hmm. coach I I appreciate it and I'm sure our listeners and viewers do too appreciate your 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 forthcoming yeah. willingness to to kind of really get into details of, about your your diagnosis and 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 whatnot and I guess one of the things I just wanted to ask about this type of cancer too is it you know, is it something that you, you know, fortunately you caught, it was caught by your, your physician. Yeah. So I guess it kind of, maybe if there's a, a lesson here learned, it would be to, you know, you know, cause a, a lot of folks your age don't necessarily go to the doctor all the time. No. And I guess it's when you know, you're, you're feeling not right that yeah. you should go see the doctor I mean, about it and catch it. Early. I, I, the, the crazy thing. And, and I was one of those people. I hated going to the doctor. Um, you know, I was always, and, and that's a fear thing. You know, you're worried. It's kind of oxymoronic, right? It's counterintuitive because uh, I think no matter what age you are, you're always worried (laughs) about going to the doctor. Like what you're worried about has a better chance of getting dealt with if you go, but you don't go because you're worried about what you're going to get told you have to deal with. Right. Um, I was one of those guys, you know, Uh, I'm not anymore. (laughs) (laughs) You know, so my, my advice to people is, is, you know, go get your yearly, you know, go, go see your doctor every year. Number one, go get your physical every year. Suck it up, you know, go to the doctor. Um, number two is, for me, there was nothing symptomatic other than this mass. And I was really lucky to have felt it. If I had waited six to eight months, you know, we're having a really different conversation. If I had waited 16 months, we're having an even more different conversation. Um, so... If you feel that something is off, um, and we're very intuitive with our bodies, you know, I, I, I hate to say it, it's like, I knew it and everybody was telling me it's a cyst and it's, don't worry about it. It'll be fine. They'll take it out. And I, something in my head and my body connection was just saying like, there's something not right, you know, and, um, listen to your body. If it feels wrong, go. And 
do the things that you need to do in order to, to, to keep yourself healthy as best you can, you know, um, stay off of those, you know, stay off of those processed foods, man, get out there and go for a walk, you know, do little things. Don't smoke, don't dip, you know, like all of these things, man, stay off of the, stay off of the nicotine and the drugs and, and the, you know, getting, going out and getting drunk all the time and all that sort of stuff, man, all of this stuff you know, contributes. And we go through our 20s and parts of our 30s feeling completely and totally invincible, man. And and yeah, we see death, you know, we see it. Um, but we don't confront our own mortality. And in, in in again, not to overuse the word in a visceral sense, go to the doctor, listen to your body, take care of yourself, man. It's the only one you got. Um, and for those of us who have, you know, <laughs> cancer obviously I think this is true for all serious illness not to go long, but like cancer is tough because it's your, your body's betraying you, you know, it's your own body that's causing the problem. It's your own cells that's causing, it's not a virus. It's not like something's infecting you. You know what I mean? It's your own cells that have turned against your own body and it's a really weird psychological sense, you know? So like, don't take your health for granted. That's the one lesson that I've learned above all else. And I absolutely did that. Don't take your health for granted, man, um, because I think a time comes for all of us or for most of us when we're forced to we don't have it anymore. And when that time comes, man, it's uh, it's a rude awakening. So go to the doctor, take care of yourself. And uh, the other big lesson, I think, too, not again, I'm sorry for going long. The other big lesson, I, too, is, is um, man, just love the people who are in your life. You know, um, I couldn't take care of myself for three weeks, you know, after this surgery. Um, and I had so many people from family to friends who were a part of picking me up physically, you know, emotionally, spiritually. Um, I wouldn't have been able to do that, you know, from my mom to, to, uh, my best friend and brother, Mark and his wife, Tina. And, um, you know, Lisa Soder and Jake Parsons bringing me cheesecake coming over to the house, you know, and, and um, their whole family coming by, you know, they came to the hospital two days after, you know, um, all the people who were reaching out willing to, to offer, you know, food or company or whatever. Um, I'm really, really, really blessed as a human being to have that many people who care enough about me to give up their time uh, to help me out in a time of need. And I, I hope to be able to repay that at some point. Well, we are all really glad, uh, certainly, that you did uh, see the doctor when you uh, weren't yeah. feeling right and got Amen. a because we're very glad to have you back for another season uh, here uh, on the uh, on the Toddcast with Coach Q for another uh, Belmont Marauder football season, which is about to commence. I think it's uh, less than a month now until uh, yeah. game one, week one uh, against uh, Wakefield. Uh, Wakefield. Uh, so let's start uh, Let's start talking football here. That's let's what it's all it. about. Uh, uh, obviously, uh, Todd Blonier is along with uh, Belmont High head coach Jan Kuman. And don't forget, uh, you can interact in these uh, shows by uh, going to Twitter and hashtagging at uh, TOS, well, actually, our handle is at TOSTBMC. As you can see, his is uh, uh, coach is his. <laughs> coach Q's is uh, at Q, or it's Q at Q underscore coach. And of course, uh, the, the Twitter hashtag we'd like you to use if you have any questions for the coach throughout the season is Q's for Q, as I uh, bring that right up there. Again, Q's for Q on Twitter. And speaking of Twitter and your Twitter uh, page itself, I saw you uh, your, your, your post the other day of you uh, kind of, uh, you know, uh, 
dancing around in your, uh, your robe there <laughs> after Johnny. Your, your treat, your, your Johnny. Yeah, okay. man, I've uh, uh, I've been certainly in good spirits uh, after your, uh, your. You know, your you gotta, you gotta stay. And again, like this isn't the cancer hour, so I'm not, I'm gonna get off the topic. But but um, you gotta stay positive. And I've met some supremely strong people when you're sitting in nuclear medicine waiting rooms and CT scan rooms and oncology centers, man, you meet some pretty incredible human beings. Um, I've met some pretty incredible people who are fighting battles that are a million times harder than mine. Um, so I try to go into that place every single day with a, with a good attitude. I'm, I call myself the mayor of radiation oncology, man. I get in there, I check in, I talk to everybody's and, you know, we all get our treatments at about the same time, you know, so I'm a little off my schedule. I'm usually the 9am crew. I get in there at the 9am crew and I'm talking to everybody in there and, you know, asking them how they're doing. And, you know, I was coming singing and dancing like my way and I'm trying to, trying to, it's, I think we're trying to help each other out as best as we can to get through. It's a difficult process. So one of the things I've been doing is kind of posting a uh, account every day. Um, so Twitter had me with the radiation walk getting going yep. into the, uh, going into the, uh, right, going exactly. into the room. I'm on, I'm on treatment machine four. I got a good team. I got a good okay. team. You on always use the same machine each yeah, time. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Because they, they, all your settings are there, right? Radiation mm. is super targeted. So they put you in this kind of creepy mask. Um, that straps to the table and then this very Star Trek looking machine kind of around you. Yeah. (laughs) Wow. So the beam's hitting in this, in a very, for me, it's like here and here and then they get back here a little bit. Um, so you see the same people, you know, every day. Mm -hmm. Um, I love my treatment team, man. And we have, I, I, I like to think they like me, so <laughs> I'm, I'm sure they do. Anyone who gets to spend any time with you for for any moment at the time, coach, uh, so you're a very likable I'm gonna, person. I'm going to need to get that. I'm, good, I'm glad we have you're that welcome. on camera. <laughs> you know, <laughs> we certainly do. Well, let, let's get uh, let's get onto the field and uh, start talking. I know you obviously, you know, you've got a lot of new health goals for yourself. Let's, yes, sir. Let's turn that from health. We can talk about that and move on to team goals and, of course, your uh, your annual goals. I mean, this is the fourth year that we've been uh, together. Uh, talking before the season and throughout the season and of course you you've told me from day one your, your three goals for the team every single year of course uh you know have a winning record make the playoffs and beat watertown on turkey day and the yep. first uh few years of your coaching first five <laughs> first four years of your coaching over yeah over but last year you had two out of three sure uh, did. which uh, you know in terms of uh you know the, the singer meatloaf isn't bad and yeah not, you know and it, it really uh <laughs> you, and, and you know you were only like probably five minutes away from going three for three with the Winning record, uh, yep. uh, losing a, a late lead in a, in a game uh, against Darlington goes from six and five to five and six. But boy, uh, you, you made the playoffs for the first time yeah. uh, uh, in you know in your time here with the Marauders, and uh, also you know obviously that memorable Thanksgiving Day uh, uh, game. Not just ending the uh, what was I think it was like a seven game losing streak on Turkey Day to uh, to Watertown, but also just kind of in the fashion that you did it in very adverse weather conditions, <laughs> and uh, you know all all the way around. Uh, you know special, that was a special one. Yeah, and uh, we actually uh, had a chance for the first time to actually talk about the game after the season, so we don't need to really spend much time here really yeah. going back about it, but it's certainly one of those games that uh, people can go back and, and relive just like they do, you know, some of the Patriots Super Bowls. Here's hoping. Here's yeah, open. yeah, right. You know, but we're, we're, We were dining out on that one for a little while, you know. Um, we, we, it, was a, it was a great win. You know, you were there. and uh, Yeah, I, I mean, I was really proud of last year's team. Um, we were able to do some really special things. You know, we beat a ranked opponent. The first, you know, you got you and Joe were on the call for the first uh, week of the season. Uh, first time that's happened probably in 15, 20 years. 
Belmont football beating the top 20 opponent. Which got you into position, really, yep, to that qualify was a, for the playoffs yep, later on. That was a huge, a huge win um, for us. And, and obviously, um, you know, we were able to get a league win against Winchester, which was great uh, in overtime. Um, first overtime victory. Um, and beating Watertown on Thanksgiving Day, obviously, especially after that onside kick debacle for the first minute and 20 seconds, you know, to for our team to stay calm and, and you know, stay within itself and know that, you know, we were the better football team on that day and we just had to get an opportunity to prove it, um, you know, was, I think, a, a, a really big turning point, a really big step forward in our, in our um, progression, our cultural progression, you know. Um, so, yeah, I mean, still fighting for that winning record. Um, you know, my career record as a, as a football coach isn't, isn't great. Um, but I think that a lot of people, you know, would say, you know, they don't, um, <laughs> they don't see all of the changes that we've been able to make, you know, in terms of the positive strides, cultural redesign is a big deal, man. It takes a long time. It's not something that you just snap your fingers and all of a sudden this is a football town, you know, um, it was a football town for a while then it stopped being one and we're fighting to make it one again, you know, and, and, um, that's a that's a process that's not something that that happens overnight so you know we think we're we think we're we're driving ahead in that progression you know i mean we've increased our win total every year but one you know um and i i see that year as pretty anomalous you know for a lot of reasons so uh, we're excited about 2019 well, and uh, before we get to the practice breakdowns, too, and, and the, the, you know, we did kind of allude to the schedule there, and uh, week one uh, will be at Harris Field uh, September the 13th. Is that the Sep- September September thirteenth Friday the thirteenth uh, against uh, the uh, the Warriors of uh, Wakefield High School. That is a yep. and that's a non league game because they play in the other in Middlesex the, yep. League division, which I keep forgetting. They're but, in the uh, freedom. The, they're they're in the freedom. But uh, okay, but I did notice one thing that might uh, kind of change or maybe make even the challenge of a winning record a little harder. It looks like right now there's only ten games on the schedule, yeah, uh, not we, the normal eleven. You have an open week uh, after the Wakefield game. Yeah, we have an so, open week too. Um, I'm pretty frustrated. By by it, to be perfectly honest, we had been reaching out to, you know, and I'll, I'll talk about it on air because I think it was, uh, you know, I, professional courtesy was not done to us. So I, I don't feel the necessity to ex- re-extend that professional courtesy. Um, we had Framingham that week. Um, that had been a good matchup Who over you, the last right, two years. Played out there. Yeah, yep, right. We played them out there and won on a last second defensive stop. Right. Uh, they played us at Harris the year before that and won on a... Uh, a last second defensive stop, their That's own defensive right. stop. So, you know, we saw that as a really good football game and a close rivalry. And I had reached out over the course of the winter um, and early spring to try and confirm that game and had not received anything back. And then all of a sudden in like March or April um, saw that they had picked up Milton for week two, ironically, um, and finally got an email response back from somebody when I said, what's going on? And they said, yeah, we dropped you. Um <laughs> And so, you know, a little communication would have been nice. We were left at, you know, the front end of April with no week two opponents. So we posted and we put it out there. Um, didn't really get any nibbles and bites except from a team out in western New York, you know. <laughs> we're not going to take a nine-hour trip. Mm. Um, you know, this isn't West Texas here to go out and, and, and play a game, you know. So the open date's still on the table in case anybody has a dropout. Um, I was kind of in the situation. I would have played anybody divisionally up. You know, um, we missed a couple of would have been a, kind of interesting games against like BC High and St. John's Prep had open dates the next week. I would have taken that game. 
Um, so, yeah, we have 10 games. You know, we have a bye week going into the league. We play one non-league game, um, and then we, we go into the league uh, welcoming Reading uh, to Harris. So, you know, sort of one of those things also, like not to say that, like, cancer has created a <laughs> – uh, a sort of response mechanism to things like this, but it's not optimal. It's not what we want. Um, but there's not much we can do about it. So we're going to just take it kind of one rep at a time and, and move forward. And, you know, we'll play the games that are on our schedule and we'll get ready to, to, to compete against the talented Reading team in week three. Sure. All right. Well, uh, and again, uh, so I get uh, the open dates are uh, September twentieth or twenty first. Uh, yeah. You, uh, if anybody has a game out there, feel free. We're any we're Eastern here. Mass teams. Uh, yeah, <laughs> you know. Uh, would you go to the Vineyard or something if they still have the? Yeah, you know, uh, I, I would. That, those teams are probably not going to call us because they're <laughs> divisionally lower. Oh, you know, okay, that's kind yeah, of the issue. Yeah, is right. you know, there were some open dates for like D six, D seven, D eight teams. But okay, well then, actually, and I'm glad you brought that up because it does kind of tie back into the playoff picture a little bit because last year you had a chance to beat a ranked team, Milton, yep. and a division up from you, which I guess you're not going to have. That's not on nope, the schedule. We're not going to have so. that. We're going to have to do it in the league. Yeah. You know, and we know that. Um, obviously, we think we got a team that can do some do some damage. You know what I mean? Um, again, we don't have a choice. Yeah. Right. That's the only option we got. Um, so we're going to take it and we're going to run with it. You know. Um, yeah, that's what mm-hmm. we're going to do. We got to do it in the league, and and we're excited to do it. All right. Well, obviously, with every uh, year comes uh, changes uh, to the uh, to the uh, Marauders roster, and of course, uh, you had five great captains graduate. You got five uh, great captains uh, back, or uh, all were uh, back from last year's team that are all been promoted to captain, uh, including uh, quarterback uh, Avery Arno, uh, along with uh, Justin Rocha, Ryan Santoro, Ryan Hoffman, Zachary Hubbard are all uh, there. Uh, talk about uh, well before we get into the rest of the roster and uh, maybe. <clears throat> some of your your coaching staff changes too why don't we talk about how those five guys have uh you know yeah i know you name your captains right at, after the end of the previous yeah. season so they've really been captains now for a good you know eight nine months yeah um talk about what you've uh, seen from them how impressed you are with uh, how they've uh, shown themselves here uh, over that time yeah i mean we've got a great captain's core um i think we've been we've been blessed throughout the course of my time here to have really great captains and great leaders um you know we lost a a, a really personable five captains core you know as i think you saw in our our yes. broadcast you right, know they're yeah. guys who were Excited to talk about football and loved playing it. And I was grateful for that. That would have been a very long show if we did yeah, not want to talk yeah. about football. It's a, it's a, it's a fact. <laughs> um, and I think that, you know, part of our, our cultural redesign has been what is our attitude towards one another. And last year's Captain Corps set the bar very high for what it meant to be a leader. And these guys have picked up the ball um, and run with it. You know, obviously we've got Avery, who's our, our quarterback. Um, you know, Arno's, he's a goof, you know. I love the kid, man. Arno is, is a, is a, he's a goofy kid. He, he likes to have fun, you know, with what it is that he's, what it is that he's doing. Um, and we saw that yesterday. His team won the Peisman Trophy, the lineman skill competition, um, for our team building yesterday, and and Arno was pretty excited about his his Piesman victory. The Piesman, uh, yeah, the yeah. We divide Pisman. our linemen into teams. The mm-hmm. captains all draft a team. Um, mm-hmm. We had one additional senior to make it five teams, um, and each lineman has to uh, catch a fade ball, throw a fade ball to a spot, um, kick a PAT, 
and catch a punt. And you get points for successfully completing each event. There's like three or mm-hmm. four linemen on each team. Um, and also gives you a chance to see who might be uh, up for trick plays later in the yeah, season. Yeah, well, I mean, Will, Will <laughs> Shelley <laughs> went in there and knocked a, like a, knocked a field goal that would have been good from like 35. So watch out, Hampton Trout, man. Right guard, Will <laughs> Shelley, is coming for you, you know. Um, and Arno's team came out on top, so he was he was super excited. But he's he's kind of a happy go lucky kid. And 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 uh, Zach Hubbard, man, and and Ryan Santoro are just um, you know work ethic dogs. You know, like they those guys didn't miss a lift. You know, they show up every single day in the off season. Um, very serious about their work when they're on the football field. You, you you're not going to see uh, Tuna or, or Hubsy kind of. Uh, I'm not saying that goofing off is bad. It keeps it loose, but that's just not their way. You know, those are kind of the lead by work ethic guys. Um, Hoff is one of the toughest kids I've coached. Um, he is just a, he's, you know, we call him dirt dogs. You know, he's just a little pork pie lineman who goes about doing things the right way. And, and Justin Rocha is a phenomenal athlete, uh, three sport athlete, two sport captain, maybe three, just got an offer from Denison university on the back of elite camp. Um, you know, and so all of these guys, different personalities, where they unite is in their love for Belmont football. They believe in what it is, Todd, that we're doing here. They believe in what it is that we're trying to instill here. They believe not just in the football lessons that we're teaching, but in the character lessons and the human lessons that we're trying to teach. Um, and they they pass those lessons on to our other seniors, sure, but our younger guys, and not in a manner that is, you know... <laughs> an exercise of power, which is not what leadership is about, right? Leadership is not about exercising your power over somebody else. That's easy. It's about accountability for when things go wrong. It's about accountability for when things don't work the way that they should. You know, it's the Harry Truman, the buck stops here, right? And that's something that, I mean, we really need to take to heart here. It's not pointing fingers and saying this, 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 and this is why we're not winning a game. Right. It's not that. And it's service. Right. That's what leadership is. is it's, it's service. It's service to a team. It's service to a community. It's service to a state. It's service to a country. It's service across the board. So that's what these guys have embraced in their leadership approach. You know, when they see something that's not done, it's not, hey, freshmen, go get it. They go do it. I saw them out there yesterday putting the water stuff together. You know what I mean? Because their boys need water. They're leading. They should provide it, right? And that's awesome to see. So I'm happy with them, man. They're great. Not only are they great football players, but they're just fantastic human beings. And so I'm fired up to see what they do over the course of the season. I'm guessing they brought you an extra water, too, while they were setting up, right? <laughs> no, I got my own stash this year. Okay. I got my own cooler. Okay. Uh, I'm, that's that's Q's water. It's got a Thundercat sticker on it that oh, of course. Uh, Lisa, Lisa Soder gave to me. It's got a big Thundercat sticker on it. Um, I, I didn't have that queued up for no, today. No, that's but for later. We'll save it for this later in the for season. For the first win. You have, first to, win. you have to earn it. you got to earn it. Yeah, you, gotta, you do have to earn it for, for, for sure. Um Talk about some of the. Uh, are there any changes with the uh, the coaching staff? Uh, yeah, there's season? a lot. There's a there's a ton. Oh, there are. Okay. Well, let's uh, let's hear about the uh, the uh, who left and who's uh, who's coming um, back. Yeah. And... No. I mean, one of the things that made this year so difficult, not just this off season so difficult, not just uh, the the health stuff, was that simultaneously I lost five coaches, um, Alex Avery and Tim McShera. Um, Alex, who was my my OC and uh, receivers coach. Uh, he and his wife, 
Monique had their first child. Um, so, you know, they're raising little Killian James, Killian James Avery. Not named yeah. after Killian O'Connor. Uh, oh, uh, not. Okay. Not named after Killian O'Connor, but ironically. O'Connell, that, right? O'Connell, sorry. Jeez. Sorry, Kills. That's also, I believe, that's also Killian O'Connell's middle name. Um, what? James. Oh. So they're both. So that's just a. An incredible it's just an incredible coincidence. They're both KJ's. Might have been subliminal, maybe. Maybe, maybe. But Avery was a receivers guy. You know, he wouldn't oh, name yeah, his kid after true. a running back. Yeah, and, that's true. Um, so you know, and they, I think they moved out a little further to Western Mass, and it just wasn't going to be possible. Oh. You know, it wasn't anything personal. Um, I know Alex wishes he was out here with us. Uh, we wish he was out here with us too. I miss Alex very much, um, and I miss Coach McSherry. He and his wife Carol had had their first child. Um, as well um and so you know that changes the game a little bit um and so they're gone um coach barge who was our db's coach um is pursuing other opportunities um outside of coaching uh that he really wants to turn his attentions to um so we lost him uh coach samano who was our offensive line coach um is gone as well he had a job change uh, a real job, quote unquote, change, right? Like his actual oh, job, right, yeah, um, the nine to five, the right? nine yeah. to five that so. would not allow him the flexibility that he needed to coach. Mm-hmm. Um, and Coach Juicy, who was our freshman head coach, um, is focusing on lacrosse and going back to grad school, um, and oh. so he had to step away as well. Um, so the only two guys back are Coach Sai, um, the defensive line coach, and Coach Silva. Um, and so Coach Silva is our new offensive line coach. Um, young guy. He's crushing it. First two days out. He's also my first assistant, man. He's, uh, he's doing a great job. Um, Sai is obviously on the defensive line, and he's picking up wide receivers as well. Kind of consulting with Alex on a daily basis, you know, <laughs> literally by phone. They're kind of talking about drill set and how to approach coach in that position because obviously Chris has never done it before. Uh, but I like to think that a, a good football coach can coach any position, even if it's not the one that he, he played. Um, we picked up Coach Chris Clark. Um, he's a Georgia guy. Um, he's awesome, man. Uh, Chris's resume came across my desk, and we sat down for an interview, and, and it was just, you know, coaching match at first sight, man. This dude is so energetic about football. He's been coaching youth football in Belmont for a while. Um, he and his wife live in Belmont. Um, and he's always kind of wanted to get into high school coaching, you know, and, and we kind of finally had an opportunity to do it with work and, uh, got the chance here with us. He'll be coaching running backs and linebackers. Um, I'll be moving over to defensive backs. Um, I'll be coaching quarterbacks and DBs this year. And you uh, will not, it sounds like then you will not be the defensive coordinator again this year. No, I, the uh, the coordinating picture is a little bit more interesting, man. It, you know, it's uh, you're going to be I'm, like Belichick now. You're not going to give that title to anyone officially, or is that how it's going to work? No, <laughs> I mean, as of right as of right now, schematically, I'm I'm calling both sides, man, because I okay. don't really have somebody who's ready to do that job. I'm, I'm teaching young Bobby um, from the offensive side of the ball, mm-hmm. um, and I'm teaching uh, Chris from the defensive side of the ball, and you know the 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 word on this. The word on the street is that Q doesn't want anybody who knows more than him um, on his staff. That's actually something that got said by somebody who will remain nameless to one of my assistants on my staff that got back to me, which is, you know, word 
word to the wise is don't say anything to anybody that you don't want repeated back to the person you're saying it about. Um, not the case, man. I would, I would, I would welcome somebody with, you know, <laughs> 10 years of coordinating experience on either side of the boat. Those right. resumes didn't come across my desk, right? Mm. Those applications didn't come. I can only interview the people who apply for the job. Sure. Um, I reached out to a number of people who I would have been interested in, in, in having coordinate with me. They all had other opportunities on board. You know, um, and one of the guys I would have loved to have was Arlington's DC, um, who was leaving Arlington and is now the head coach at Medford. Right? If he didn't get the head coaching job in Medford, he would have come over and been our DC. Um, so it, it's not the situation of like I'm this control freak who wants to. I, I really don't. I'm not excited about having to coordinate both sides of the football while fighting cancer. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say would, you, you've got a lot on your plate. I got now, a lot on my coach. plate, man. Yeah. I would I would prefer to not do that, but um, you know, you gotta do what you gotta do in order to keep the bus rolling. So yeah. um that's what we're gonna do. And and Bob is doing a great job being a kind of offensive first assistant. Um he's a really good, energetic, hardworking young coach. And Chris Sai is doing a really good job of that on the defensive side of the ball and the special team side too. He's gonna be our STC this year. Um and so I'm really lucky to have those guys be willing to do the work to learn uh, what it means to be a coordinator um, instead of just kind of jumping into it. And I've also got uh, Joe Rossetti, who's joining us as our head freshman coach. Joe coached at, uh, he coached at Medford, he coached at St. Clements, and he coached at um, uh, Malden Catholic. Um, he's been coaching, this will be his 26th year coaching football. Um, he's going to be our box guy. You know, he's seen a lot of ball. Um, he's seen a lot of football, man. So he's going to be in my ear on game day. And uh, and we also got a new young freshman line coach whose name is Nick Tordai. Um, we call Tortoise. Um, Nick's going to work with the freshman O-line and D-line. And then we have a, another freshman uh, positional coach, Tony Martins. Um, both Nick and Tony are in their first year coaching. So we got a lot of guys who are, who are new to the profession. I'll tell you one thing, man. They are excited to be there, you know, and there's a lot to be said for that. There's a lot to be said for being excited to do your job. It's not a burden for anybody right now. And we kind of had that last year, too, where guys were excited to be there. So that's the first hurdle that you got to overcome. Now, we'll see what it's like when it's October and it's cold and it's, you know, it's raining and it's been a long season and the grind is starting to catch up to you. That's how you know you're a football coach. If you're still excited, then you were meant to do this job. You know, um, but these guys are excited and they're doing the work that they need to do to learn how to do this job. And I'm really lucky. So I'm fired up for a new staff, man, and, and a, kind of a new energy in our in our room. We miss the guys that are gone. None of them left with bad blood. And, and we were, right. you know, we liked them a lot. <laughs> yeah. You know? um, no, I mean, they left because their, their lives changed. Lives changed. Yeah, things happen. And, uh, you know, certainly. uh yeah, well, I mean, it, it's pretty amazing. You know, here you are. A lot of a lot of coaches uh, going through what you're you've been going through, and not not every coach certainly is uh, have to fight cancer, but also to uh, and I, I didn't mean to kind of flippantly oh, throw that please. remark up, but you know that, and then you're bringing in a whole new coaching staff, yeah. and it's just and yet you still got this upbeat attitude. You're excited. I mean, a lot of a lot of coaches in your situation having to replace so many coaches the next year might be feeling a little overwhelmed. And, yeah, and maybe, I mean, I'm. You know, I, <laughs> I'm well. not gonna lie. I, I was, I was, I was. Fr- I wasn't frustrated at those guys. I was frustrated at the situation. You know, I felt oh, no, right. Yeah, no, I, I felt I like it. we yeah. had a, 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 a staff that was hitting its stride in a lot of ways. You know, mm-hmm. a staff that was really starting to kind of clip along and gel together um, on the practice field, on the game field, in the in the weight room, in the office. You know, um, 
being on a staff is about communication. It's, it's about communicating with each other. And um, we had gotten to the point with that staff, with Avery and Barge, right, especially, um, and me, a triumvirate there who, you know, worked together for three or four years and had gone through the rough, you know, the rough patches of communication and had come back around, you know, to, to communicating openly and lovingly and well. And, and, um, and uh, that's, that's something that we're going to have to build again with a new staff, you know. But I was actually saying this in the office yesterday before we left is that when you're on a really good staff, you feel like it's going to be that way forever, you know, and that was like I felt that way at Malden Catholic with Almeida and Coach O'Neill and Coach Smith and Coach Harvey and myself. Right. That was that we still hang out. We still get together. And, and um, when you were in it, you're like, this is this is going to be this way forever. We're going to coach together for 30 years, <laughs> you know, and, and it's never that way, man. Life changes. People need to do different things. People have to go different ways. And, and um, you know, you 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 move on. Um and so I love the guys who were there last year, man. They gave me so much quality work. I wish them nothing but the best, and I'm excited for the guys who are here now. All right. Well, uh, you know, I, I always seem to come into these shows thinking, are we going to fill air? Do we have enough to talk about them? <laughs> I, I, I keep forgetting. It's Coach Q. He always has yeah, to talk I talk about. way too much. Right. So we got about 10 minutes left to go sure. over uh, this year's uh, team. And, and you, know, you know, you've had two days of practice so far, so you haven't seen a lot from them. But uh, talk about uh, some of the uh, the returning guys, maybe even some of the new faces who uh, you yeah. have stepped up and impressed. Uh, well, you know, I mean, from a from a – you know, if we kind of look at it from a, a who's back, who's not perspective, right? I mean, obviously, we're returning our quarterback um, right. in Avery for his second year. But you're losing about 2,000 yards of rushing yep. uh, from your, you know, a couple we're of years. We're losing two of the best running backs in the Middlesex League, right? They didn't get as much kudos as a lot of the other guys because there were two of them, mm-hmm. right? If you combine their statistics and there's only one primary back, they're rushing for 1,800 yards and a whole lot of a whole lot right. of touchdowns. Um, so we're losing Killian and Rakai. Um, we have been RBU, you know, I mean, it was Max Jones and Makai Johnson. Then it was Makai Johnson and Ben Jones. Then it was Ben Jones and Tyler Reynolds. Then it was Tyler Reynolds and Killian O'Connell. Then it was Killian O'Connell and Rakai Joseph, right? With Chad Francis and Cedric Toussaint on the back of that. Um, so Chad Francis and Seti, um, along with, uh, Joe Hurley, who didn't play his junior year, but is back for his senior year are, are the three guys fighting out in that top running back spot. And you know us, man, we love to roll personnel. Um, so it's never going to be, you know, especially at a position that sees as much contact as running back. It's never going to be just one guy. All three of those guys are super talented. We're excited about what we got at the running back core and nobody's more excited than coach Clark. Um, and man, that we need a little bit of Southern Georgia in our, in our, in our coach and Roman, it takes me back to Louisiana a little bit. It's it's anyway. Um, Ryan Santoro is back at fullback. Um, also, we also have Chris Lynch, who's back this year as a junior, didn't play sophomore year. Um, and then we have young Zach Moss, who was a freshman uh, last year, who walked in and picked up Adam Deese's old number, number forty-five. Um, and he's he's a bright young spot. Uh, we have two young running backs in Gordon Lassiter and Tyler Arno, the younger Arno, who's now a sophomore, who are you know probably going to be our JV backs this year. Um, so we're we're feeling pretty good there. You know, our wide receiving core in, in the front line is is we're pretty excited about it, man. I mean, we got Hubsy back, um, Preston Jackson Stevens, who is a beanstalk, went right in and took Jared's old number, walked in and took number four this year. Um, I go, you want Jazz number, huh? He goes, yep. 
dropped 80 notches from dropped his number, 80 yeah, right from to four year. right went from 84 to um, four, yeah. Matt McHugh who was who hurt himself in the offseason last year uh, and wasn't able to play football is back at the S the tall slot Justin Rocha obviously is in the H and our backup quarterback uh uh, young Brennan Westgate is moving to the H as well. Yeah, varsity reps with with Justin because they're both probably going to contribute on the defensive side of the ball as well. All of those guys are are dangerous. Right? When you say H back, kind of like H tight end sort of. No, sure no, we have tight ends this year. Not oh, to give too much okay, away, right. sort of, oh, okay. um, sort of tight ends. Um, nope, I mean like a scat Whoa. slot. What's a sort of tight end? It's like you'll see. They're He's just like, they're just they're more end than tight. Yeah, I don't know. They're like, one or the other. Okay. You know? you're gonna have to wait to find out. <laughs> ah, yes, uh, the tease. The game, the gamesmanship. Like, no, yeah. uh, they're more like scat receiver, scat back receiver types, like little small uh, agile guys. Um, and then we got a couple of young guys back there too. Kevin Logan is coming back into camp on Monday. Big, tall, beanstalk receiver, uh, defensive end type guy. Uh, the line is is where we're. You know, we graduated a lot. You know, Sagarian is gone. Um, Parsons is gone. Nairag Stepanian is gone. Um, Connor Shea is gone. Hoffman is back. Derek Brown's back on the line. Brett Westgate, Big Gates is uh, is going to be on the line. Uh, Nate Fox, you know, our big young tackle last year is now a junior. It's, you know, kind of his time to shine. Um, Simran Bakshi, who didn't play last year, was a promising freshman lineman as back for his junior year. Matt Krasafi, who hasn't played since freshman year, is back, a big tackle. Um, you know, and Coach Silva's got a lot of energy down there for those Hoggies, boy. So they're they're down there. I've liked what I've seen from the offensive line, from a young offensive line especially, um, over the first two days. Now it's the first two days. You know, we haven't put shoulder pads on and hit anything yet. So that changes the parameters. But we're excited. And, we're going to be a little yeah. bit different offensively. Okay. Before getting to the defense, perhaps it's a little early because you've only had two practices, but uh, I have to ask this, Coach, because I know it's a vital question to the success of the 2019 Marauders. Have you found a put-in yet? No, we don't have a put-in yet. Because um, Narig, Narig Stepanian was, of course, your put-in last year. Yeah, we don't, we don't, we don't have a put-in yet. Okay. It has to come. It's got to be an organic right. uh, type, of, type of thing. Uh, we don't have a put-in yet. We definitely need one. Um, yeah, I, I know. You told me how important it was last year. Yeah. Because uh, I think the put-in sort of whole it's like the pot there. It the holds, holds, it, holds the team together. It's the gel. <laughs> um, no, we don't have a put-in yet. We'll, we'll have one. Somebody will, somebody will come to the come to the forefront of, and be put-in. I got a couple of ideas, but, you know. I have a crazy idea. I mean, I mean, there's an argument that could be made that uh, given your, your, your new look on life, maybe you could be I you might, could I, more easy I, going. I, you could be the put-in. I might be put-in. <laughs> Um, I don't. I don't think there's any. I don't think there's any. I mean, me being more easygoing don't translate that into he's easygoing. Right. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, we'll we'll find ourselves a pudding. We're not there yet. Um, and it's been a. It's only been two days, you know, of us being together. So for some of our young guys too, you know, we're just getting to know each other. These sophomores were down at the freshman last year, you know, so we saw them in the locker room and talked to them and stuff like that. But we haven't really seen them on the field yet, um, too too much, you know. So so. That's that's always fun. Um, you want to run through the defense really quick? Yeah, I got a couple minutes on that. Uh, I mean, again, defensively, it's a very similar look. You know, I mean, we we obviously graduated Rakai and Killian, um, but you know, we we think that Chad and they were your starting safeties, safeties last year yep. for those who forgot. Um, but we think that Chad and 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 McHugh and there are a couple of other guys in that mix who can step into the defensive backfield and do a great job. Obviously, Justin Roach is back at corner. 
Um, Brennan Westgate got a ton of rep at corner. Um, young kid Barrett Patine has started to show out a little bit. Didn't play varsity last year. Um, has been looking pretty good um, and had some defensive chops last year. He's grown, you know, into his body a little bit. Um, Preston Jackson Stevens will be in the mix at corner too. Um, Tuna is back at Ryan Santoro is back at linebacker. Um, there's a, a kind of a two three way battle. You know, Will Shelley. Cedric Toussaint, who we moved to linebacker at the end of last year, is kind of starting to figure some stuff out. Um, Rory McDermott's back at linebacker as well. Zach Moss, the sophomore, is a linebacker. Um, and, you know, we're, we're hoping that there are a couple of guys who can fill in at the rover position are kind of like roving nickel. Um, I think Joe Hurley would be real good at that position. we got a couple of guys in mind there. Um, Derek Brown is back on the defensive line, you know, oh, yeah, um, yeah. and he, you know, if you watched our defense play last year, Derek was a huge part of that. Um, I was a little sad he didn't get a preseason honors nod. He was the defensive line sack leader in the Middlesex League, you know. Um, I thought that would get him a first or a second team preseason, or at least a player to watch nod. Um, but no, um, you know, so he's back. Hoff is back. Um, our, our guy, Andy Kwan, um, who didn't play last year, never played football before, is kind of like our Kamyar Nuri of this year, you know, spent his junior year learning how to play the game. And now is, you know, by the end of last year on scout defense was kind of a guy that, that um, the varsity linemen, when they saw they had Kwan on the other side of the ball, would go, oh, man, <laughs> you know, this is going to be a tough practice because Kwan goes hard all the time. Um and, yeah, I mean, we got a couple other guys, you, you know, we think can kind of put their hand in the dirt and contribute on the defensive side of the ball. And we just want to be a fundamental and aggressive defense with an attitude and a personality. You know, we talked a lot about that last year um, going forward and, and, you know, create something that, that draws the line in the sand every play and says, let's go. Um, so we definitely think we got some young guys who can do that. We're excited. And you got your talented kicker, uh, Hampton Trout. Hampy's back. back. Yeah, Hampy's back, man. Um, you know, and Hampy obviously has a boomer. We got some other guys who can kick, too. You know, we've done some kicking work uh, to start this this camp, too. So, you know, Declan O'Connor, um, who's a lineman, is a good kicker. Nate Fox, you know, um, did some punting work for us last year. Um, can contribute there. So, you know, it's never just one guy. Um, and we walked in there, even though we're talking about guys who are projected to start or projected to play roles, you never know, man. You know, nothing is guaranteed, and starting positions are certainly not guaranteed. So these guys got to go out there, and they got to they gotta earn their job, and these young guys got to go out there and try to take a job, and that's the attitude that we have about competing for, for opportunities to get on the field on Friday night. So how many more weeks – was it two full weeks of practice or three? Or what's Yeah, the- we're going to uh, – we're going to uh, – obviously, we got this week of practice coming up, and then we, we scrimmage against Malden Catholic at Malden Catholic. Um, then we have another week of practice, and we'll have a game scrimmage against Waltham. Um, that will probably be at Waltham due to the construction that's ongoing at, at, at the high school. Um, and then we're going to have another week, and we'll have a controlled scrimmage against Medford. So we have three the, – the, Game schedule is a little weird this year. There's an extra week of preseason this year. Something in the calendar was different. Um, so some teams are opting to play a game that week and then take a bye and then play. Um, we're opting to scrimmage that week and then play and then bye. You're right, um, particularly given that you already had that extra yeah. bye. So we're so. going to scrimmage a controlled scrimmage against Medford. Um, 
you know, John and I know each other. I'm really happy for him um, getting the head job. He's a guy who, who at Medford High, he's a guy who just did everything the right way, man. You know, sorry, like this is John. John Curley. Oh, okay. Um, he was the DC at Arlington the last three years for okay. Coach Gendron. Uh, and, you know, he's a guy who started as a, a volunteer coach in Somerville and then uh, came and worked with me at Stoneham for a little bit and then got a job at Shawsheen, then went back to Somerville as a positional coach, right, then went to Arlington as a coordinator and, and applied for a bunch of head jobs this year after, you know, 10 years or so as a positional coach and a coordinator and, and, and has gotten his first opportunity. Um so when we were kind of looking for a scrimmage and John was building his schedules, I was like, dude, I don't want to play you because, you know, you're you're my friend. And we've done that enough when you were at Arlington. Um, let's let's just have a scrimmage, man. Let's get together and make our teams better uh, for the season. So that's going to be our last scrimmage. And then we'll go into Wakefield. OK. And uh, really quick here, you mentioned the field, uh, Harris Field. Uh, what is it? The field's good. Field's at- fine. I think you that, talked about the construction. We're talking about the construction at the, uh, yeah. at the high school. I mean, it's going to be great. It's going to be amazing when it's done. It's, right. It's it's going to be a little Harris bit of a process. But Harris isn't being touched or no, anything, and no. it's not being affected. Um, your practice field. We're practicing on it. Our practice. Oh, okay. Our practice field is now gone. Okay. Um, if you've driv- driven by Concord Ave, you've seen it. Mm-hmm. Um, where we used to have our Concord Ave grass practice field is gone. Um, we're going to practice once everybody else shows up. The other teams show up on Thursday on the grass field behind the hockey rink. Um, and, um, so Harris is usable. I think for the scrimmage weeks, it's the weeks leading into school. So they're finishing up a bunch of stuff and then they're going to create accessibility. It's more of like, where would people park? Right. How would yeah. people get to the scrimmage that want to watch the scrimmage type deal? Mm. Um, so we're going to go off site for our scrimmages, make life a little bit easier. Um, we also don't have as many accessible practice fields. So when mm. we scrimmage, that means somebody else can't or can't practice. So, um, you know, our athletic director, Jimmy Davis, is is really doing a great job. Yeoman's work, you know, trying to make sure that the <laughs> that the schedule works and everybody's getting their time, you know, and we fall coaches are like, we want to make sure we get our time on the Harris field and everybody's rah, rah, rah about what's going on and Jim's kind of trying to balance all of that. Um, being an athletic director is like juggling 17 chainsaws simultaneously while being yelled at by like 15 different people. Mm-hmm. Um, Jim does a great job of that. Yeah. So, well, you're going to be kind of resembling that with all the t- duties you've got <laughs> now this uh, yeah. this upcoming season. Tell uh, me about it. I would be remiss, and we're probably going to run over our hour allotted time that I uh, did. But shocking, uh, yeah, I know. It's <laughs> what a shock this is. But I would be remiss if I I didn't bring up one uh, kind of uh, loss from last year, and we didn't even know it was going to be his last game. We missed him at Thanksgiving because it was too cold. The band didn't play, but apparently, uh, Paul Ketchin, yeah, BHS uh, band director. Uh, has departed uh, has. for the Midwest and uh, kind of starting up a new career there. I kind of just stumbled across it in the, uh, uh, you know, going online and just saw a news article about it. And, uh, yeah, no, he's... Uh, yeah, I mean, we have a new a band job. director. I, I, I'm i really embarrassed to say I forget her name. She sent me a really nice email about getting together, and I emailed back and said, let's get together, and then things kind of got crazy, and I have not since responded to the email that was returned to me, which anybody who has emailed with me knows can certainly happen. Um, <laughs> I apologize publicly and on the air, you know, Ardo Asadorian, who's the director of the music program. Um, Ardo is, you know, fantastic at what he does. And I'm sure uh, that our new band director, she, she already seems very excited about, you know, the marching band and, and its relationship to the football program. 
if you've been to Harris Field, you know what it is that they add to our environment at home. We have the best marching band in Eastern mm. Massachusetts, bar none. Let's go, you know? I mean, it was debate. Early, debate me. It was early quiet on Thanksgiving. It was, you know, and we missed them. I mean, we understood why. It We're had been to be, a lot but, of opportunities yeah, to play that fight song, boy. Oh, yeah. boy <laughs> sure. And thanks to thanks to Ardo, as you informed me, Coach. Uh, even with a new band director in place, we'll still be here in Brass Bonanza. Brass Bonanza so. is a Brass Bonanza. Keep that is a in the staple. rotation, Todd. Yeah. We're not going to take that away from you, man. We're not, not going to take that away from you. Um, I appreciate that, but uh, well, again, Coach, it's uh, it's been it's been fun as always uh, doing this, and I'm looking forward to the upcoming season and first. Of all, too, uh, you know. Again, uh, um, I'm so glad uh, to hear you are uh, on the upswing. I know it's not it's not totally beaten yet, but uh, you know, again, uh, you're you're definitely on your way. It was caught early enough, uh, yes, and uh, you are in uh, you are in much better health now than uh, you know a few months ago. So uh, <laughs> glad to That's a fact. to see, and certainly wish you uh, you know good health and good success on the uh, the field this upcoming. Uh, season it'll be uh, it'll be another fun one for for Belmont High football and of course uh, Jeremy Meserve our BHS sports TV producer will be uh, uh, helming the coverage of uh, some of the games uh, throughout the upcoming season so we'll look forward to that I look forward to getting behind the mic for a couple of those can't uh, wait as well along uh, hopefully Joe Havilo and so I actually haven't talked to Joe yet but yep you gotta reach uh, out to Joe and I gotta give a shout out to my man Bobby Goodwin who is available in case Joe is not available Bobby G calls baseball games with me okay um and he's and he he's been he's been angling was he a football does he have a football background bobby a g bit, can talk about game? anything any okay. sport any g uh, he is a renaissance man and and okay. i represent him so i'm taking 20 percent of the bobby oh, g cut i okay, should bobby I g your... be able to call a game but that's a belmont guy through and through right there so if joe is unable to go uh-huh Bobby G is your man. Bob, okay, I will keep keep that in mind. <laughs> we'll, we'll, he's, we'll just say he's warming in the bullpen for now. Yeah, I there know, we not go. Across sports at all, but all right. also as we wrap up this week, I just want to remind uh, all of you that all of our podcasts with Coach Q can be found online at belmontmedia.org/podcast and also on SoundCloud.com uh, by searching Belmont Media. Listen at your convenience by downloading the free SoundCloud app available on both iTunes and Google Play stores. Don't forget, this is an interactive show, so hopefully uh, we will be getting some questions for the coach. There he is right Let's there. Go. Uh, you can you can always send a question to the coach directly at his Twitter handle, which you can see on screen right now if you're watching us. It's at Q underscore coach. Uh, but also if you're on Twitter and you don't want to directly reply to him or send a direct tweet to him, you can always use the hashtag Q's for Q and then I'll catch it and uh, we'll uh, and then I can then I can surprise coach with it on, on the show because he won't know what's <laughs> I there. Love surprises. But, although I suppose he could search for the hashtag himself. So <laughs> probably not that much of a surprise. Again, coach, uh, I'm glad we're able to do this. Me and too. Looking, looking forward to, to uh, season uh, season four together yeah, here. I, I let's just, go. The time is flying by, as we, we said, and hopefully uh, all the goals uh, uh, get met this upcoming season. So uh, once again, for Coach Q, my name is Todd Bolognares. I want to uh, thank you and uh, go Marauders. Thank you for checking out the TOSD Toddcast with Coach Q right here on the Belmont Media Podcast Network.